I find myself in a very strange spot this morning because there's about eight different sermons I want to preach, and every single one of them feels completely inadequate. And so as, as Kate announced, the Church Hope Culture has joined us today, and I just can't possibly express how thankful I am that you're here, and, and specifically to your pastor and his wife, uh, the, the years of service they've put in, and, and, and just what has led to this moment is really spectacular. And so there's part of me that wants to party, wants to say, yes, 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 we're, we're coming together, we're, we're joining a family. But that, that feels inadequate because there's also some mourning involved in this situation. There's, there's a church that has lost a church they loved and a pastor that they adored has, has, stepped, has, has resigned and is taking a break from ministry for a while. And, and there's some hurt involved, so, but you don't want to focus on that either. And so, so neither of those sermons feel right. Neither of those sermons feel adequate for the moment. And then there's, there's this part of me that wants to say, welcome to the family. But then that seems kind of ridiculous. Like, like if you took a literal family and said, hey, we're going to take your family and my family and put them together to make one family, like would that actually work? And the answer is probably no. And so, so, so when we talk, we use, we use this verbiage like welcome to the family, it feels inadequate. But if we say, hey, you're not part of the family, that feels inadequate too. Like we have to recognize that these are two families that are find, finding a place together. And, and I don't know how to express that adequately or, or, or accurately today. And then there's this part of me that really wants to see the people from Hope Culture just jump right in. Like, I, I want to make, it's, it's not like your first-time visitors that have come, you know, just saw a street sign and decided to show up. You, you're coming connected to a person that I trust deeply. And so, if you wanted to be a greeter at the door, are you a greeter or the greeted today? And we're kind of both. It's, it's just very, it's a very strange situation. Is I, I want you to feel like if you have talents, if, you, if you're good on a soundboard, if you're an instrumentalist, if you're good with kids, that you could, that you could, you, there's, there's not this long process of getting involved. You can just get in because I trust your pastor, and if he says you're in, you're in. And so, but then there's also this part of me that says take as much time as you need or never if that's what you need. If that's what's best for you, then never get involved, and that's okay too. And n- neither of those feel like the right path forward. And in some sense, this, this whole thing has been... A, a looking at the past and the future. And like you saw in the video, it talks about how uncommon it is for somebody to live in the now. And we're talking about the fact that two weeks ago, there were two separate churches and two separate families. And one week from now, hopefully we've joined together in some sense to become one family. And I'm, I, I can't live in either place today. And I probably can't live in either place for weeks to come. And, and we'll know what this thing looks like a year from now, 10 years from now. We'll, it will have sorted itself. But right now, it's just this nebulous, weird thing that's out there that I don't know what to do with. But I don't want to live in the past, and I don't want to live in the present, and I want to just enjoy this moment. This moment when we came together and sing, glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. Oh, the, the reckless love of God. You know, we, we, we get together, we worship Jesus and make Jesus the center, and I just want to, I want to be in this moment. And, and, and I want to talk about that today because I've, I've been thinking about it a ton. I, I've been reading the Lord's Prayer a lot lately, and praying the Lord's Prayer, like, like night by night, hour by hour, when I wake up in the middle of the night, that's what I'm doing. I'm, it's the greatest prayer of all time buried in the greatest sermon of all time, and right smack in the middle of it is this really simple phrase that says, give us this day our daily bread. And it's this, it's this idea that God isn't promising you tomorrow. He's not promising you 20 years from now. He's not promising anything about the future, but, but right here, right now, where we are today is the area that he's investing in, that he's, he's building up, that he's supporting and, and, and creating a foundation for. And I just want to thank him for being in the room. I want to thank your pastor for being in the room. 
I want to thank you guys for being in the room. I want to thank Daylight for all the hard work they've put in to get us to this room. And, and, and just this moment is special. This, I, I've had the word holy in my mind about this moment. There's something holy about this. There's something sacred about two families even trying each other out, even, even giving it a go. There's something sacred about that. And so thank you for that. And this, this passage where he says, give us this day, day our daily bread, is in some way connected to the Exodus where, where God's people, the Israelites, were without food and they were, they were scared. And God just started dropping what they called manna, a, a, a plant, a grain on them, and quail. And so every morning they'd get up and this food would be covering the ground. And they were so, supposed to collect enough for that day and two days on the Sabbath. So the day before the Sabbath, they would collect two. But it says that when they would collect too much, when they would try to bring too much in, it would, become, it would become maggoty and rotten. God said, hey, I'm here for you right here. I want you to be in the moment. I want you to be with me right here, right now. And don't worry about tomorrow. I got tomorrow covered. I know you're scared. I know, I know it feels weird. I know it's awkward. But this is the moment. And, and you'll never have anything more than this moment. C.S. Lewis said, every, this moment is every moment in The Great Divorce. This moment is every moment. That's all you'll ever have is the right here, right now. So what are we doing right here, right now? How do, how do we live in that? And God is super fascinating. He, he's, he's beyond our imagination. He's beyond what we can explain. And in the book of Revelation, it says this. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is right here, right now, who was, and who is to come. He is the one that is not only here right now, but he is the one who was, and he is the one who is to come. He is the one that lives past, present, and future. We are not. This is a sign of our mortality, is that we only live right here, right now. And when we, when we try to live in the future and shape our future and control our future, a lot of times we're playing God. We're trying to be like God, and we can't be like God. And when we try to hold on to the past and own the past and say, say that's who I am, that's who I, that's who I was, it's what I will always be, in some sense we're playing God. We, we can't play God. We only have this single solitary moment. I read this quote recently that says, very many of us suffer from a peculiar-sounding problem, an inability properly to inhabit the stretch of time that we call the present. Our body is rooted in the now, but our minds are skipping to points in both the future and the past. And I don't know about you, but I'm super guilty of this. Like, having prepared for this sermon and thought about this, I'm finding myself all the time not being where I am. And not being where I am, we'll find out in just a moment, is, is, is negative. It doesn't help us. A lot of times when we think in the past and we focus on the future, what we're doing is we're processing our lives through an editor. Because we think about the past and we, we, we think about the good times, the nostalgia, and we hold on to those and we forget the mundane and painful during those moments. And when we get to the future, we're, we're trying to control. We're, 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 we're thinking that everything will be in our control, that it will be different then. And so neither one of them quite work. And we hold on to them because they inspire confidence. Because the past is certain. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, so if we think about the past, then we can be unafraid because we know what, led, what led to this point. And somehow we think about the future that we can get a grip on it, and we can change it, or we can mold it and shape it. And neither of those are, are super helpful. You will only, the only way to affect the future is right here, right now. Right here, right now is all you'll ever have. You're going to hear me say it again and again. And Scripture seems to indicate that living this way Living outside of here, like not here right now, being somewhere else, is unhealthy. And you'll, you'll, see, you'll see a lot in Scripture. I, I, I could have done verse after verse after verse about this concept that the past is, is literally that. It has passed. It is over. And the future is not in your hands. The future is unknown and unknowable. 
And so let's just examine just a couple passages of Scripture. In Isaiah, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. That word I am is how God identified himself. God, what's your name? I am. I am doing something. It's not I was. It's not I will be. It's I am doing something now. I am doing a new thing, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In Luke, Jesus says this. He says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And a lot of times we think that that's Jesus kind of being mean. He's like, well, you're either in or you're out. You're either with me or you're against me. And in some sense, what it's saying is the kingdom of God, that's, that's the message you hear from Jesus over and over is, repent for the kingdom of God is what? At hand. It's near. It's right here, right now. And it's so, so what he's saying is if you're, if you're always looking in the past, living in the past, you're not fit because you're missing what's happening. You're missing the here and now. And the kingdom of God will always be right here, right now. In Romans, it tells us the night is gone, the day is at hand. And then when we talk about the future and, and looking, having a focus too much on trying to shape and mold and figure out what's going to come and try to fix and control Scripture warns against that, too. It says, come now, in James, James, the brother of Jesus, says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And he, he continues to say, instead, you should just say, if God wills it, we'll do these things. There's like this open hand about the future. There's this, uh, my, hand, my, my hand has my future, and I'm, I'm handing it over to you, God. And it's no longer mine to control. It's no longer mine to shape, but God is doing it. Matthew, it says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So how do we live in the present? It's hard because our bodies betray us. Uh, any, any reading on the chronology of time and theories on time ends up with talking about our bodies and our moods. And it says, our bodies grow tired and timid at just the moment when the landscape around us will demand grandeur and confidence. On, I, I had to drive back home this morning because I forgot my flash drive that had the sermon on it. And and I'm like, arr, 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 I'm not very happy about that. And then I had to drive back because we forgot the kick pedal for the kick drum. So I made two, two trips back. And, and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I've got to get my head on straight. And I'm focusing on the next hour, right? But I, learned, I, I started thinking about what am I going to talk about, and I'm talking about exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I was thinking about the next hour instead of being. And I stopped, and I noticed this jogger coming by, and I started thinking about the cardiovascular system and how incredible it is. <laughs> Like there's this grandeur of this guy that your body knows and feeds the stuff, right? And, and, and then I saw the clouds and I thought about the process of, of water and how, how we receive water and how it hydrates the land. And, and it, it just took this, like this little subtle shift of being, oh no, oh no, oh no, thinking, thinking, thinking. What about then? What about there? To being there in the present. And there was grandeur. And it's around you all the time. Worshiping God is right here, right now, all the time. It's, it's forever around you. And it's so easy to miss because we're always somewhere else. But it's there. Relationships and money and sex and religion and education and basically life in general are negatively affected by living somewhere else. Your relationships will suffer if you're always somewhere else. Your sex life will suffer if you're always somewhere else. Your education will suffer if you're always somewhere else. Right here, right now is where good stuff happens. And like I mentioned before, Jesus says the kingdom of God is here. So going back to all these sermons I wanted to preach, we're not at a big party right now, and we're not in terrible mourning right now. We're somewhere else. 
Like, this is where we are. We're, we're right here in this room together trying to get a feel for each other, trying to, trying to decide, do I want to move forward with this thing or not? <laughs> Coming into a room and singing songs of worship to Jesus together, whatever that looks like 10 years from now, whatever it looked like three years before this, those don't exist. Those aren't actuality at this point. This is the actuality. This is the moment. And I just wanted to bask in that for a second. I just wanted to say, here we are. We're celebrating and we're mourning, and that's an okay place to be. We don't have to fix anything. We can just be. We're kind of a new family, and we're kind of a bunch of cliques that are going to figure out if they want to be a part of this family. That's, that's the reality that that's where we are, and that's an okay place to be, and we don't have to fix that. We can just let it be and see what happens and trust that tomorrow God still has this thing in his hands and trust that God has the individual lives in his hands and just trust in general that everything's going to be okay and be here right now. Are, are you a greeter or are you the greeted? Are you involved? Can you jump in? Yes, of course, you can absolutely jump in and jump in quickly, or you can take a year or a hundred years and never get involved, and that's okay too. There, there's, no, there's no pressure on any of this. And somehow living in the moment, there's, kind of, there's rarely any pressure in the moment. If you just stop and be centered about that Jesus is here, the kingdom of God is here, a lot of stuff just melts off. A lot of stuff fades away. So here we are.